Right now on River City Hardball, we're joined by the head coach of the Bishop Snyder baseball team, Zach Osbeck, is with us right now. And Coach, let's begin here. Uh, Frank Frangie started Walk-Off Charities, a terrific endeavor that is helping kids in Jacksonville play baseball and introduce the game to them. What do you think about when you think of this charity, and what does it mean to you? Certainly. You know, Frank's done such a tremendous job with his charity, and um you know, I kind of got word for from it uh, early on and, and got invited to participate. I had no idea what I was getting myself into, you know. Um, he just told me that they were they were running clinic for, for some of the kids around around the city. And, <clears throat> of course, I, you know, I've been involved in baseball camps all my life. I started started early on when I was at JU and running, running summer camps over there. Um, and so it just kind of come naturally to me. I, did, I put on camps all summer long, so... When he said he was running some clinics, I said, sure, I'd love to come out and help out. And, and, you know, somehow I got involved and uh, they got me involved in all the stretching routine and all that stuff. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of become a a joy for me on Friday mornings to uh, go out there and help out and um, just to see the smile on the kid's face when they get that new glove. You know, it's uh, it's been very, very rewarding for us. You know, being there at those clinics, as you have been so many times, you get to see a kid get their first glove. What is that experience like to be there and watch that? Oh, it's, it, you know, it certainly is tremendous. We as high school baseball coaches a lot of time take for granted that, you know, a lot of kids don't get the opportunity to learn how to play baseball growing up like so many of us did. And, uh, you know, it, it's, we, we kid sometimes because we give the kid a glove and say, go ahead, put it on your hand. And, you know, to be honest with you, a lot of them never put a glove on their hand before. They don't know which hand to put it on. And uh, it, it's great to be able to roll that kid that first ground ball and it, see it go into the glove and see the smile on their face. Um, you know, it really puts things in perspective for us. You know, we get upset when kids, you know, don't feel the ground ball or make a bad throw. And, and the and the big picture, when you kind of step back and look at things, it's like, okay, <laughs> there's more important things to, to win in high school baseball games. And uh, so just being able to be a part of that and what Frank's been able to to allow allow me to do and be a part of that has been very, very rewarding. Bishop Snyder, a 12-2 victory against Inglewood in your first game of this tournament. Coach, what's it like to be a part of this tournament your first time here, able to get a victory in round one, now you're in a championship game? Um, yeah, it was, you know, our, it's our first year being a part of it. I asked Frank when I heard about it last year, you know, we kind of got – it was when I was actually helping out with the charity, and I said, "Hey, you know, I'd love to be a part of it next year." And he invited us, and, and true to his word, he got us got us hooked up with the tournament. And you know, the first game was um, it was good to get your feet wet, get out there, and, and uh, see some arms rather than the guys you see every single day. Um, you know, I was happy with our effort. It seems like we um, kind of carried some momentum from last year. A lot of the things that we continued to get uh, better on last year and throughout the uh, fall. Um, certainly it's good to see come out on the field and, uh, and, and that product. So we're, we're super excited about the opportunity on Saturday against a, a great Ponte Vedra team and program and Tom Stanton's put on over there. And um, we've got a very, very difficult schedule coming up this year. And um, talking to one of my assistant coaches this morning about it, it's really, you know, this is the last time we get to – when it doesn't really count, you know, it's a preseason tournament, but at the same time, we want to go out there and win because with the schedule that we have, we're pretty much going to be facing competition like this throughout the year. So we're excited about that opportunity to see how we match up against a great team. 
I know it's a preseason tournament, and, and the first game was uh, just, like you said, sort of getting your feet wet, but you put up 12 runs against Inglewood. Did you expect to put up a, a crooked number like that, Coach? I didn't. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, one of the things that we focus on really is everybody Everybody in our program has a role, and, um, you know, whether it's the, the three-hole hitter or the eight-hole hitter, we try to explain to the guys exactly what their role is, and when... When one through nine and one through twelve even are, are, are you know accomplishing their goals and, and and taking care of their you know their goals then uh, and, and their role even then we have an opportunity to score some runs and that's what we did we you know a lot of guys don't don't bunt in preseason a lot of guys don't don't do things like that but that's what we're going to do throughout the year you know and so it's really important to me to to show our guys yeah we're going to. This is what we're going to do throughout the year. So as a preseason tournament, I understand it. You know, necessarily doesn't really matter for your strength of schedule and your record and all that. But at the same time, I got to see if our guys are going to be able to to do what we ask them to do. And they certainly did that on Monday. Coach, who are some of the key pieces to your team this year? Give us a preview of some of the guys that you hope will have big years for you. Certainly, we have um, a great group of guys this year. And like I said, one through one through sixteen really have a role in our program. But I couldn't. Couldn't start out without talking about, you know, some of our major contributors, not just, you know, this year, but throughout the last three years. And we have a great group of seniors uh, led by uh, Danny Neri. He's he's, uh, he's signed with University of Notre Dame, of course, and he's he's our catcher. Uh, he also gets some innings on the mound as well. But he was a first-team All-First Coast um, member last year, so we're looking for big things again from him. Uh, kind of is the the nuts and bolts of what we do and what we how we work our program or our, our lineup around him. Um, you know, another another kid, sophomore this year, Nick Rabluski. He was a second team All First Coast last year. He's a he's a catcher as well. He's a commitment to J- uh, Jacksonville University over there with Chris Hayes. Um, you know, he's a catcher, <laughs> but also obviously with Danny catching a lot of the innings. He he's a kind of a utility guy for us. He can play some first, play some third, play some outfield, but he's a he's probably going to hit in the middle of our order as well. He hit uh, 400 last year as a freshman, so we're looking for great things from him. Um, you know, hopefully the, the other other couple of seniors that we have, Antonio Esterling and J.D. Garner, uh, these are both guys that are also going to produce for us in the middle of the order. J.D. is probably going to be our number one arm for us. We're going to ask him to go out there and, and face some stiff competition, probably some of the better teams that we'll play as our number one arm. So, you know, it's a great group of seniors that we have coming back. We're looking for big things from them. Uh, but certainly we we got a great supporting cast, too, to kind of follow it up behind them. And obviously if we're going to be a, a good program, you know, you can't really depend on one or two guys. What about your arms, Coach? you excited about this pitching staff? Uh, what can you expect from them this year? Well, we – we uh, only lost one pitcher from last year, um, you know, and so we returned quite a bit of our, the meat of our uh, pitching staff. Like I said, J.D. Uh, Garner kind of starts us off um, as a senior, and he's had the experience, uh, followed by, uh, I mentioned Nick Rabluski. He's also, uh, he started on Monday night for us. Uh, he's, a, he's a guy that, that soaks up quite a few innings, just goes out there and um, hits the spots and changes speeds and gets a lot of ground balls and works quick. So we really like that about him. Um, you know, typically in relief, we'll go to Dolan Ramsey. He's a junior. Um, you know, he's a, 
change of pace guy for us. Uh, throws from from the from the side slot, a lot of arm side movement, and, and throws an unbelievable slider. That that uh, I mean, just the other night he got had six strikeouts and two in a third inning. So hmm. um, he's a guy that can get people swinging and missing. And he was did a great job for us last year in relief. Typically, we go from one of those starter guys to to uh, Dolan, and then we you know. We hope to get uh, you know Danny some innings toward the end of the game as well to kind of close some things out. So um, you know we're really deep. We're, honestly, we got about nine guys that are probably going to see some varsity innings for us. So we're excited about that, and we we definitely don't want to lean on any one guy. And we feel like we have a pretty good balance throughout the staff. Coach, a big part of Walk Off Charities is trying to introduce the game to young people and try to grow the game. Uh, you coach at, at this level in high school baseball, and you see a lot of these kids grow up and, and they grow into the game. Are you seeing a continued growth of the sport of baseball in Jacksonville? Um, you know, certainly baseball's become one of those sports that um, we don't see as many kids playing at the, at the younger ages. Um, with the with the showcase and the travel ball, it becomes difficult for many families to afford to continue to to um, have their kids playing playing the game of baseball. Um, so things like what Frank's doing with the walk off charities is just trying to get younger kids involved in the in the game is is uh, is great for the game of baseball. You know, certainly um, I have seen at the high school level not as many kids, uh, not as many baseball players, to be quite honest with you, as we have you know in the last twenty years. You know, 20 years ago, you know, you'd have 30, 40 kids, you know, coming to try out for baseball. And I know a lot of the high school programs around town still have that. Um, but certainly, uh, you know, across the board, I think you could certainly probably point to a, a lack of interest uh, there. But it's not necessarily a lack of interest, more just lack of experience. You know, kids don't get that opportunity anymore. Um, it's easy for them to grab a basketball, go out and shoot, you know, at the local park. Um, it's tough to start up a game of baseball. Uh, with one kid, so um, certainly I'm excited about what Frank's doing, and and I love running those clinics with him and help, help helping out any way I can. And like I said, I've been involved in youth baseball for a long time, and that's probably one of the highlights that I get to be a part of is when I get to work with some of those younger kids. All right, Coach, I got to ask you about this. What is your opinion on the whole Astros sign stealing scandal, and how do you approach signs with your guys? That's it. That's a great question. I'm not going to give away all my secrets, of course, but <laughs> right. You know, there's always there's always the unwritten rule of sign stealing in baseball. You know, it's it's one of those things. That's why guys have the the number system on their arms from the dugout. And you know, quite honestly, with us, you know, certainly any um, advantage that we can gain, you know, whether it just be a tip from the pitcher, maybe he's you know holds his glove a different way when he's throwing a curveball, you know. Those are advantages that we're all looking for. You know, does coach give signs from the from the box rather than you know down the line when he puts something on? Those are little things that you can pick up as you're as you're watching the game. But you know, certainly the Astros took it to a totally different level. <laughs> I don't think you know introducing technology and 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 I don't ever think that that uh, the babe thought about this when. When, when baseball was uh, in its prime, certainly. So that's that's kind of going over the limit. I mean, over the, you know, certainly crossing that line. Um, certainly there's that, there's that fine line to signing, uh, steel signing and things like that. But um, what the Astros did, I, I, I 
I kind of feel like that was <laughs> crossing the line. So, you, so you're telling me you, you guys are not going to be banging on any trash cans or anything no, like that this year? we probably won't be banging on trash cans. Um, there's different ways to do that. <laughs> right. <laughs> Especially not with the camera we have set up out in center field. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, tell me about Coach Stanton and his Ponte Vedra team that you're going to be playing in the championship on Saturday. Uh, I've known Tom for a long time, and he does a great job. Um, I know all the way back to when I was at Wilson, and he was over there at Episcopal. So uh, he does a great job with those kids. They look like a bunch of college kids the other night when we were walking out of the dugout, I'll tell you that much. But I was, I was like, goodness gracious, luckily we're not playing football. So, um, you know, we had an opportunity to see them in the uh, fall this year. Um, they got some really really lively arms, and I think he said he was holding back a couple of the good ones for us on, on Saturday. So um, it's going to be exciting. It's always fun uh, playing Coach Stanton and uh, to get a chance to – and an opportunity really to um, measure up against a great program like that, you know, because we're kind, we're kind of new to, the, to, to that side of it. So, Well, great stuff, Coach. I appreciate the time. How many years is this now for you at Bishop Snyder as the head coach? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I took the job in uh, in '02. Okay. So, um, we didn't actually start playing competitive varsity for two years, but uh, I've been I've been here since '02. So, you know, looking at it, it's uh, it's, it's been a, it's six. This is actually my 16th varsity season. You're doing great work, Coach. We appreciate the time, and we'll see you guys on Saturday. Okay. Hey, we're excited for it. Thank you. We're now joined by the head coach of the Pontevedra Sharks baseball team, Tom Stanton, is with us right now on River City Hardball. Coach, let's talk about walk-off charities. Such a great charitable endeavor started by Frank Frangi from Tenton XL. What are your thoughts on walk-off charities? What does it mean to you? I think it's just amazing. I mean, for you know, it just kind of shows the kind of person Frank is and his passion for people first, and his passion for baseball. Um, are just really unbelievable. He, you know, he he reaches out, wants to give kids an opportunity, and um, the story of how it all started is amazing. And you know, his calling to be able to do that and bring just growth to the game, and you know, and then we get out there, we see kids that, that don't really get a chance to do these things. I mean, I got an 11 year old son who I bring out every once in a while, and he tells me that you know, there's kids that some of them haven't even seen grass unless they're at school, and um, so it's it's a really really grounding type of a moment to be involved in that, and you know it's, you know you see smiles on kids' faces, and you know how back could it be? Coach, you've been helping out with walk off charities for a while now. Frank often talks about on the show the moments when a kid gets their first glove, and they ask, "I can keep this." You know, it's a really priceless type of moment. From your time being there and working with this charity, is there a moment that has stuck out to you, maybe a moment that's grabbed you? Yeah, I mean, I, I could probably name a few, but one that sticks out was, you know, the first couple times, you know, I was part of the throwing station, and, and a little girl caught a ball. She caught a tennis ball. And, you know, I, was, I saw her catch it, and she just kind of stopped. And I asked her, I said, are you okay? And um, her name was Alicia. And I said, are you okay? And she said, she started crying. I said, are you okay? And I got a little worried. And the ball didn't hit her or anything. She, she caught it. And I said, are you okay? And she says, Coach Tom, I've never caught a ball before. She's never caught a ball before. Wow. And I was like, as simple as that was, 
it was overwhelming for her. It was probably something she's tried to do, and you know, and uh, you know, I'm not Joe Torrey or anybody else, and you know, I, I just try to teach him something simple. But the fact that I was part of that moment was just unbelievable, you know. And yeah, you know, I got to see. I think it's really special that God puts us in a situation where you get to see somebody's first of whatever their first is. And I got to see one of that little girl's first, and that was pretty special. You know, I mean, what else did he ask for? Wow, that's a pretty awesome story, Coach. I appreciate you sharing that, and I will certainly share that on the broadcast on Saturday. Hey, Coach, let's talk about your baseball team, the Ponte Vedra Sharks. You guys got a win in this preseason tournament against University Christian 11-4. to You guys jumped out to an early 4 nothing lead. How important was it to get those four runs early? Good. I mean, we've been working at it. We're kind of taking a little bit more of a of a of a present day hitting approach. You know, I've kind of you know the coach you got to evolve and you try to learn some things. And um, I can throw pretty good, pretty big, Gibby. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. But I really haven't thrown that much at all. I'm using the machine. I'm challenging guys with um, velocity and, and breaking balls with our pitch machine and stuff. And and I'm really taking the initiative of what a lot of the big league teams are doing where they're, they're really asking their hitters to make decisions during batting practice as opposed to just grooming them and having the home run derby style BP. And so we really got to where we're only taking 15 swings on the field at practices each day. I should say 15 repetitions. And they're, they're getting in there. They, they get five reps. And that, if it's a ball, they take it. If it's a strike, they're, they're taking their hack. But it's about 15 decisions, and it's challenging stuff. We're probably, literally, I mean, literally, we're cranking it up anywhere from 86 to 92 every day. Or we're just going all curveballs, all right-handed curveballs, all left-handed curveballs, and telling them everything's got to go to the outfield. It's really different things. It was really cool to see how quickly we were able to make in-game adjustments. And I mean, the University Christian, the first two pitchers we saw were really good. I mean, they had. He was probably 84, 86 lefty, a little bit of a lower three-quarter with a pretty good breaking ball, and and we were taking swings as if we saw everything out of his hand great. So um, it's always good to get out to a lead, but in the preseason you really want to see how much they're applying what you're teaching, and that was really what was good for us because we've been really selling the process as a coach, and, and they're buying in. And when you have something new, a little bit new age, and you have your, your better players buy in, and they see the purpose, and they're asking for more of it, and then the rest of the team buys in because those guys do, it's pretty special, and, and they're starting to see the fruits of it early, early on so far. Coach, what's the makeup of this team? What are the strengths of this Pontevedra team this year? We've got some strong senior leaders. Um, some play more than others, but as far as the, them being so cohesive, it's pretty strong. Um, we have some really athletic seniors that have done a lot of stuff for us as sophomores and juniors in the past, um, and we're, we're, we're led by those guys. Uh, Matt Barnhorse, the leadoff man for the last three years. Um, he played in varsity all four years at the end of the second. He's been there. He's in the leadoff spot every year. Porter Jordan is going to be our, one of our top two guys on the mound. You know, and we we got a bunch of other senior Alex Ortiz. All three of those guys are committed guys. One, the, the Barnhorse is committed to Cornell. Uh, George Himes committed to Harvard, and uh, shortstop Ortiz is committed to all of that Nazarene of Chicago, where Ben Zobers went. So pretty much, 
I have to ask my guys to dumb it down to talk it to me because I'm not as smart as they are. <laughs> but uh, but they're but they're pretty athletic and um, you know they have they have a lot. They they all have a lot of them are are, are D1 capable Power Five guys that wanted to go to Ivy League schools. They had Power Five attention, but wanted to go to Ivy League schools and um, you know and just and, and be good baseball players. So uh, we got some young guys that are really good talent. Uh, really good talent behind the plate that are young and uh, our arms are pretty solid. So, uh, yeah, I feel pretty good at where we're headed. We, you know, we just obviously still got to play the game. Coach, you guys scored 11 runs in the first game against UC. Is that indicative of what you think this offense has the capability to do this year? I think we have a good chance. We've always had the philosophy that we're going to run the bases and we really swung it well enough where we, you know, we really didn't steal a lot of bases. All of my guys at any point can steal whatever they want to. They all have the green light to go at any time, whenever they want to go. I have a stop sign where I tell them I don't want to go, but they can steal whenever they want. And they really did a good job with reading balls in the dirt and really um, simplifying at bats. That's really what we, we approach to base running is it's very important to make sure you're a good base runner to simplify the at bats for the hitter. If you get to hear a second with a with a one out, you read the ball in the dirt, you're able to get a third. Now this guy isn't really concerned with driving the ball in the gap as much as he is. I just got to hit a ball in the outfield. And, it, and then when you have that kind of uh, relaxed hitter at the plate, he becomes more dangerous. And then all of a sudden, when they're not trying to do too much, that, that hit a ball hard to the outfield approach turns into a double or a triple. So um, we've averaged about 70 stolen bases a year the last four years. Just stolen bases, not balls in the dirt or anything. So I think it's more capable of as long as we're able to take advantage of the opportunities that are in front of us. You touched on a few guys right there. Tell me about your pitching staff. What does that look like for you? Well, we're led by a lot of senior leadership. Uh, all the guys I mentioned before, um, Porter Jordan going to Harvard. He can run it up there 89 to 91. Um, when he's when he's on, he lives in that 91 range, and he's, his breaking ball is good enough, and, he, and he's really um, understanding that he just needs to challenge guys, and he's really doing that a good job. He's really look good so far early on. Uh, Scott Grisner, he's a junior. He's really been really good for us, probably 84 to 87. Really good breaking ball and change up. Alex Ortiz is a senior, also shortstop. Uh, he's just a strike throwing machine, arm side run, breaking ball. Uh, another junior, uh, Sam Gavitt. He doesn't throw as hard as some of the other guys. He's probably 78 to 81, but he throws four pitches and um, just can really do whatever at any count. And we have a bunch of other guys, seniors, that that are just inning eaters and, and just they just frustrate you because you take too many pitches, you're in an 0-2-1-2 count, and next thing you know, the, the plate grows on them. You know, and uh, so it just makes it a little bit tougher. As long as they're in the strike zone, like a lot of pitchers, obviously, they're, they're pretty effective. But I think we have enough innings under our belt over the last few years. We've, we've been pretty solid about using – eight to 12 guys on the mound each year. Uh, we've got eight solid ones with a couple uh, JV guys that are fluctuating up and down. Um, so we're looking at about eight to ten guys we'll use. And with the new system this year, um, you got to have a depth because every game counts. So you can't really try to pull a guy out to hope for later. You kind of have to win the now game. So we look, we feel pretty confident about it. And, um, you, know, the, you know, the more we throw strikes, the more we play defense. So uh, I, I like where we're headed. For those that aren't aware of it, what is the new system and how are you guys approaching that? Well, 
I don't know yet other than every game matters. Um, the new system is you have to win your district tournament, uh, win your district title to move on. Uh, the, the last few years, it's been you get to the district championship game, which made the district semifinal the most important game of the year. Uh, that's not the case now. Uh, basically, you're going to get seeded based on your computer max prep rankings through all the games you play up until the last week of the regular season. Then those rankings will come out. That's how you'll be ranked in your region, which then that will dictate whoever's higher in your district. That's how the district seedings come out. After you play your district tournament, they will then take into account the last week of the regular season as well as your district tournament games to recalculate the the seedings throughout the region. So if you're one of the top four, or excuse me, if you're one of the four district winners, you will be one of the top four seeds no matter what your ranking is overall. But the next four highest-ranked teams that are not district winners will get in. So this year's scheduling was a little bit different for people. You're not required to play your district. So there's some teams that took the approach of maybe creating some wins on their schedule is a nice way to put it. Uh, try to create themselves some wins, which in turn may give you a strong strength of schedule, but it's not just your strength of schedule. It's also your opponent's strength of schedule. Um, so it's really, we won't really know how to approach it until next year, but right now I think everybody's excited to see what's going to happen. It sounds like you got to get some of your Ivy League guys on that to try to figure that stuff out, Coach. Yeah, there's got to be some logarithm that they've already figured out. You know, and, and uh, some of my guys, no kidding, have, have like five or six AP classes out of a seven-period class. I don't even think they've taken PE since they're freshmen. So it's it's just one of those things that I hope they can explain it to me, and I'll just try to figure it out if I can translate it all. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, what questions do you have about this team this year? You see these guys day in and day out. What questions do you have in your mind about this team that you hope to have answered? Really, the biggest question that I would say is just our attention to detail. Um, when you have, we're going to be pretty young behind the plate. There's two or three guys that are vying for some spots. We have a couple guys that have separated themselves a little bit, but uh, that question is uh, is re- that position I should say is really detailed. So we got to make sure that we're detailed. Um, behind the plate, uh, I put a lot of stress on the catcher as far as decision-making because that's what I did, and I just think it helps everything run. So you're going to have to have that inward and outward communication. Um, but I think if we're able to pay attention to detail, the rest of the things around us will just become natural. Um, we don't have a real problem with doing it, but I think that the fact is that we've got to be very consistent in what we're doing. I, I, the baseball is a game of consistency and it's all about how it's not really about doing things more. It's about doing it more often. And so if you're, if you're throwing 70% strikes, it's way better than the guy that's, you know, you know, 50% strikes and they're throwing 97, 98. So we just got to understand that the process is more important. Results are important too, but if you take your eye off the process, you know, it can become a struggle. It's kind of like climbing a ladder. If you have a 10 set ladder and you try to go one to 10, you're not going to get there you got to go through two, three, four. Sometimes you can go five to seven on the steps, but if you try to go one to ten, you're never going to get there. And so we got to make sure we stay focused and go one step at a time. Sounds very cliche, but baseball is a game where the defense has the ball, so that way, um, uh, that way, you got to stay consistent. 
What are, as a coach, what are some of the good habits that you try to teach to your players? Because when I was playing Little League and growing up and t-ball and stuff like that, it was always, you know, catch with two hands. It was, you know, when you're trying to take a lead, I was taught, you know, uh, step, step, slide, slide with your feet. Uh, what are some of the, the habits that you try to teach your players at such a young age now? Well, Gibby, I tell you, man, it's really evolved. And, and it's become, from for me now, I, I'm not an old guy, but I'm not a young guy. I'm 44, and, and I'm starting to just be a lot more open-minded with some things. And what I've really learned is that no, the two most important things as a coach, is, and, I, and I really believe this, is, is the thing that's stressed the most is make sure you have intent and and make sure you're you're getting you're being as athletic as you can. So we're probably more. You'll probably hear us. Hey, go get that ball in one hand if you have to. Somebody's got a man. You got to get in front of it. Well, sometimes you're playing a really athletic team. So if you take the extra step to get in front and set your feet and do it, the guy's already there. You know what I mean? Sometimes that shortstop's just got to one. If it's outside of your body, go get it with one hand, catch it, and blow it. And just just let the athleticism be what it is. Sometimes as coaches, we overcoach and we kind of cap the athleticism. So, you know, we're getting back to what I was saying about the swinging and using the machine and all you – I just tell them, hey, look, man, that's a ball you got to hit in the air. That's a ball you got to pull. Figure out how to get to that ball. And, you know, and it's, and it's really become less of this is how you do it. you got to get a little bit technical sometimes to be able to have them understand the, the, the process of it or the technique of it. But in the end, if the technique is good but your intent is – Passive, it doesn't matter. So if, I'd rather have the guy be a lot more as athletic as he possibly can be. Let it go. Swing that thing as fast as you can swing it. Um, back in the day, they probably said, well, learn how to hit the ball the other way, and then we'll learn how to pull it later. And if you pull the ball and that's your fastest swing, then let's get your fastest swing and learn how to use that. Um, a lot of people say the number one thing about hitting is being on time. Well, I'm learning it's not. I'm learning it's about being on plane. And some people say, well, if you're not on time, it doesn't matter. I said, well, I'll give you an analogy. If you're supposed to go to a hotel party and the party's on the fifth floor and it starts at 8 o'clock, if you're on the third floor at 8 o'clock, you're still not where you're supposed to be. Yep. You're still late. So if I'm on the fifth floor and I get there at 7.59, or if I'm on the fifth floor and I'm at 8.01, that's either left center or right center when you're, when you're swinging the bat. That's right. So you know, you're, you're on plane. you got a shot. You know, you know, as long as you can hit the foul off the fastball, you ain't got to worry about anything else, I tell my guys. So it's about the intent and how athletic can you be. And sometimes you've got to reel that in, which is fine, because sometimes there's not a fire hot enough for some guys to get moving. But if you can get them to go 100 miles an hour, then you got something to work with. That's the clay you really want to mold as opposed to how do I got to heat this up to be able to mold it. We want to be moldable and coachable. So it's it's really the intent and and how athletic can we be, and just kind of go from there. And then when you get to the, when you get the max of that, then your job is to get that to the next level. But let's get to that point and see how athletic they are first, and then that's really when you know what you can deal with. You know, walk off charities is such a huge part of trying to grow the game of baseball here in Jacksonville, and this is really where it starts, and hopefully it can continue on. But how do you see the growth of baseball in Jacksonville and, and the kids that you coach? Is this still a growing game that you see among the youth that you coach? I think it is. 
I think we get too involved uh, as a young kid. I think what's now is that everybody wants to specialize. I mean, I, I really, I, I coach my son's 11 year travel team, and there's times where we're, we're short a couple guys because they're playing fly football or something like that, and then you, you're having to hear somebody say, well, man, I thought they were committed. And I said, well, they are. Well, they're not if they're here. And I said, well, they're playing for them too. I mean, you, you got there's athleticism here. You know, my base, there's some of my baseball guys that play football. I don't even want to see them until football's over because I want those guys to be committed in what they're doing. So I think the game is growing, but if there's anybody keeping it from happening, it's the fear of that you have to specialize to get better, and it's limiting athleticism. So I think that we getting, us getting out there and showing these kids that, hey, this game can be fun and making sure we're keeping it fun for the kids and making sure they want to do it. Um, I read something on Twitter the other day that this one guy ends his practices for his nine-year-old travel ball team with home run derby from center field, and they play, they do wiffle ball home run derby after every practice. And some people are like, man, that seems like it's negative. Not really. These kids are excited about hammering balls and hitting balls as far as they can hit them and as hard as they can hit them, and they're excited about doing it every day. That's kind of the point. So, I mean, whatever gets you to want to come back and, and keep that carrot in front of their face, I think you do that. And I think Frank's doing a great job of, of getting the right coaches that really understand how to make it fun for the kids as well as the mesh of, hey, this is what the intent is. And then also just the kids seeing somebody's caring about them and the kids seeing that somebody is reaching out and trying to give them an opportunity. And, and you have guys like Frank Frangie that's um, pulling his heart and soul to make sure somebody else's heart and soul is fulfilled. So I think as long as you're doing that and you're making it about somebody else and not yourself, anything can grow. And um, we just got to keep nurturing it. We just got to keep doing what we're doing and um, making it as big as possible and get as many kids involved um, at any level and then let the athleticism dictate from there. That's what we do at the high school level. We get what we get and kind of go from, you know, either good coach to bad coach they're either guys that can coach or they're guys that can coach that have great players. So you, you got to be decide which one you want to be. The guys that can coach can coach any of the players. The guys that just need the great players probably can't coach. So we got to um, figure out which one we are and commit to it and then help it grow. Thoughts on Bishop Snyder, the team that you're going to be playing Saturday? Well, we've we got a chance to play them in the fall. They're well coached. Zach Osbeck and Rusty Kellum and all those guys, they all do a good job and um, they got some athleticism. They got the Danny Neri kid committed to Notre Dame. A couple other guys really athletic. They got you know their catchers are pretty good, and he also Danny also pitches for them. Um, so it, it's going to be fun. I mean, they do they play the game the right way. They do a lot of fast paced things. They try to take the extra base, try to make all their outs count for runs. So it'll be a good challenge. It's kind of what you want to do in the preseason and challenge your guys as best as you can. And um, we're excited about it. We're uh, we're, we're excited for the opportunity to get out there and um, give our guys a chance and, um, you know, see if our, our top four guys can go against their top four guys and see what happens. Okay, Coach, I've got to ask you about this. What is your opinion on the Astros sign-stealing scandal? It's a little bit of a mixed feeling. I think it's something that's gone on. I mean, stealing signs has gone on forever. I mean, it's your job to hide them. It's your job to disguise them. Um it's your job to try to get an edge. I mean, there's there's pitchers that tip their pitches um, that you got that you'll always see. You know, it's we we keep a base running chart based on a pitcher's pattern that our guys have that 
they go in and they look at it and they have, you know, this guy comes up, holds it for so long before he goes to the plate or he only throws over so many times before he, uh, he goes to the plate or he always throws one, two breaking balls, you know, he, he throws oh, two fastballs off the plate. And you know, there's all this different analytics that's always been around, but now technology has just made it so much easier. Um, and we all gravitate to it. We all gravitate to technology. We all do it with our phones. We do it with our iPads. We do it with everything that's a gadget. And we're in a right now result-oriented era. Uh, we can hit send and send any information we want to anybody. I mean, the Astros could have taken that information and sent it to the Red Sox if they were playing the Mariners. If they wanted to, they just had to send it and just hit send. So... Did it affect guys' careers? Absolutely. It affected guys' careers. Um, so has stealing signs years ago affected guys' careers. It's just so much easier. Technology is great, and it's also bad. Um, it's just on how you want to use it. Uh, you know, it's the same in, in the medical field, to be honest with you. I mean, there's a lot of people that we find out have cancer that, can't, that find out they can't handle the treatment that's so strong, where 50 years ago... They might have had cancer and nobody knew about it, and they, they maybe they lived another 20 years because nobody knew they had cancer. They didn't treat it. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a it's six one way, half a dozen the other. Do I teach my guys to get an edge? Absolutely. Is it a catcher's responsibility to make sure that they're given more than one sign or whatever? Absolutely. Um, there's, there's some guys that didn't like to know. I know a lot of people go, how would you not like to know? I didn't like to know when I played in minor league ball because I felt like I got a little jumpy and tried to do too much. Maybe that's why I didn't get to the big leagues. You know what I mean? So, uh, it, I, you know, it, it's, I think it's all the flavor of the person, but uh, but, I, but I get both sides. I get why people be angry. I think that the way that it was done was is what's really everybody's upset about. It's not like somebody's got their hands on their hips a second or their hands hanging for off-speed, whatever. They have buzzers. I mean, that's, like I said, the technology is so easy to come by. It's it, it's you almost wonder why it didn't happen eight years ago. Um, but finally, somebody got brave enough to do it and try to get away with it. So, not to sound rambling or, or feel like I'm not giving it a no. This you know, is great. Kind of I love answer. it. It's just it's it's you can, I, man. It could go any way. It's bad. It was bad, and it gives a bad look. But golly, man. The Patriots do a lot of crazy stuff too. That's you know what right, I mean? They, yeah. they did it years ago too, and everybody seems to be okay with that just because their quarterback's good. How many years is this uh, for you at Ponte Vedra as the head coach now? Every year it's been open. I mean, I, wow. uh, whatever, so, see, 8 9 to the ni- to 1920. So, what is that? 11, 12 years, I think. We've been open, I think, 12 or. Wow. Uh, yeah, so tw- something like that, 12 or 13 years, whatever it is. I know I always count years wrong because you're supposed to count the first one. So yeah, yeah. Um, I've been there since day one. I was at a pistol before, and I-, I-, I can't imagine coaching anywhere else. I mean, I know from a public school standpoint, and just the county and everything, it's just so welcoming. And I'll be honest with you, Gibby, I mean, I love coaching the kids. I really love yeah. coaching these kids because they're not just good baseball players. i got guys that – one of my players has his own charity about finding kids that have been kidnapped and are lost. He has his own charity. He, you know, I mean, it's just it's amazing what these kids do in the community. He's putting together a car auction and a car show to raise money for Bear Find, which is one of the charities he does with. I mean, these kids are 16, 17 years old that are doing selfless things for people and their lives a year or two after they get their driver's license. 
Wow. You know what I mean? And 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 so you 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 get a chance to coach people like that. Golly, man, why wouldn't you want to coach there? You know, so it's a fantastic thing, and um, you know, I'm so proud to be these guys' coach, and um, yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. Who is that kid? We'll try to spread some awareness Corey, about that. Corey, Corey Udell. Okay. Corey Udell, U D E L L. Um, Matt Barnhorse put together a. You know, there's a lot of them, I guess. But Matt Barnhorse had a uh, an equipment drive for uh, Frank's. Uh, charity as well. Our last banquet last year, and um, so he 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 did a bunch of things. I mean, these kids are really just amazing, amazing kids. Um, that heck, my you know, uh, Barn Horse is in the science fair doing. I don't know. I can't even pronounce the stuff <laughs> he's doing in the science fair that's going on uh, with stuff about breast cancer. I mean, it's just amazing what these guys do. So I mean, just to hear these guys and how they're doing it and. Um, and how they're making their lives about other people's lives. It's just really amazing. Uh, Coach, again, thanks so much for making time out tonight and uh, look forward to uh, broadcasting the game on Saturday. We'll see you out there, okay? All right, buddy. Thank you. Have a good night, bud.